The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, October 22nd, and we are about to break down a thrilling... I don't know how the NFL keeps pulling this off. I mean, these absolute poo games turn into incredible... Well, not incredible thrilling games, but at least entertaining until the end games. 17-14 Browns win over the Denver Broncos in Cleveland on Thursday night. The Broncos... This is weird because the Broncos covered against the initial spread, but the closing line, the Browns covered and the under hit quite easily was never really in doubt. Joining me to break down this game, John Breach, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, boys? Hey, hey, and hey. And some more hay. Hey, 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 hey. I actually saw some actual hay. Uh, at the zoo this weekend. So that's what I think of Ryan's. Hey, Hey, Hey. Yeah. I saw you. Uh, I saw you on the social media having fun at the zoo. I will say you seem to be a much better father than you are an NFL writer. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> the, uh, the people in the, the YouTube kid, chat kid would never eat if that wasn't the case. The people in the YouTube chat point out that it is still Thursday as we're recording this. That is correct. It is Thursday at 1135 PM. We record this live. On Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. And we do Thursdays at 1 p.m. Our pick show with me, Pete Briscoe, and RJ White that you can watch on our YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash pick six. We also, apparently, moving forward, are going to be doing a uh, a pre-pod sweat show where we record, the we watch the final uh, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is of uh, Thursday Night Football, depending how good it is. We talk about the game. Uh, I cry about the Braves. Wilson complains that I'm crying about the Braves and, but it's a good time. So you can come and hang out with us then. And then we start the show. If you're watching on YouTube, whether you're watching on Friday or Thursday, hit the friggin' like button. Seriously, hit the like button. If you're watching it, it, you can't, unless you're watching on your TV, in which case, I guess you couldn't walk up and press the button. Uh, just press the like button and, and just do it for exercise. You know, like it doesn't hurt to get up and get some practice in and touch your TV. And maybe oh. you, could, you could touch poke, poke Wilson's head. There or we fire, go. Or fire up your. Uh, <laughs> if you fire up your uh, fire up your phone, if you're watching on your TV and press the subscribe and the like button, we greatly appreciate it. By the way, I'm watching. I'm doing the podcast from Portugal where it is the 22nd of Friday. So uh, you don't even have to be in Portugal, Ryan. You just have to be in the Atlantic time zone where it was currently 1237 AM. I'm in Portugal breach. That's, that's the one next to Maine. I believe Nova Scotia is in the Atlantic time zone as the <laughs> resident time zone expert of the pick six podcast. Love it. I was going to say Australia, but number one, I'm not there. And I don't know if they're ahead of us behind well, us. Right. It, might, it might be Tuesday there. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I don't know. They haven't seen this game yet. What do we, I mean, I think my big takeaway from this, and I'm now I'm starting to do, as, as people have pointed this out to me, I was sort of quasi defending the Denver Broncos on. Uh, I don't know why you keep doing, you were doing it Wednesday when you and I were on HQ, you were worried about the, about the Browns having to play this Broncos team. What is your, well, I mean, they did have like 85 people on the injury report and including what their did, quarterbacks, what did I say to you running backs, both of their tackles, a, a lot of players. What did I say to you Wednesday? And what did I say to you 15 minutes ago? This cocky Wilson is. I said to you, did you see the Broncos play the Raiders last week? And what'd you say? Yes. And then you just forgot that and went right back to, well, the I'm worried about the Browns. I don't I don't know why. This they team- won 17-14. It's not like this was a blood. Cut. And they didn't cover Wilson. You actually missed this one, even though you're batting seventy percent. They did cover the editors, and I'm calling them out right here. I hope they're listening. You didn't change the line like you were supposed to. <laughs> Agreed. I demand. I demanded. So Wilson change. misses a pick. It's because the editors didn't update it. This is amazing. So that, that, that line should have been one and a half, not three and a half. No three one who bet on that game on Thursday got three and a half. 
No, everyone who bet earlier in the week got three and a half because that's if there's a lot of injury questions, you get your bet in right away. Yeah, no, I know. I'm I'm just sort of half joshing, but three. I I, I thought it was two, and I looked at the I was looking at the scoreboard uh, midway through the game. It's like three and a half. Good lord! Of course, it, they it were, did feel it did. Yes, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, uh, where is it? Where's the prize? It's right here. Uh, 150 likes. I can't believe I'm gonna 150 likes. It feels really short given the quality of this prize that we're giving away. Hold it in front of the camera so we can see it. 700 likes. This is an official Super Bowl from the uh ooh, the Broncos actually lost this game too. Broncos Seahawks <laughs> Super Bowl. Not a great Super Bowl. Bottom 10 Super Bowl maybe, but uh, I will sign whatever you want on this Super Bowl or oh my Super gosh. Bowl or not sign. Yeah, there you go. I know. You want to you want to see what memorabilia I have back here? You guys will you guys will, we'll do this on the next one, the next giveaway. So everyone listening to the podcast and not watching it is probably wondering what in the heck is going on. Yeah. So if we don't get there, we'll do it in the next one. That's fine. Um, anyway, the the Browns came out on this game, came out in this game and absolutely dominated the first half. The final, the score going to halftime was 10 to 7. It felt like 40 to 7. 10 nothing at halftime. Oh, sorry, it's 10 nothing at halftime. I say 10. Yeah, sorry. Uh 10 nothing at halftime. It felt like 40 to nothing. Cleveland was getting everything they wanted at one point, maybe either late in the first quarter or early in the second quarter, the Browns were averaging 11 yards per play on the ground and in the air. Denver had nothing. Their rush defense was pathetic. They couldn't stop the Browns down their starting right tackle, Jack Conklin, who's a big deal. They're starting two running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Dearness Johnson, the pride of AAF. Went for tw- 22 carries for 146 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, this this game surprised me just that the Broncos defense is that bad. I thought their offense was bad. I watched them play. You know, Ryan was saying against the Raiders. They only scored 10 points against that Raiders defense until they got two garbage time touchdowns and got up to 24 to make it look a little bit better. But they were so bad. They came out. They fell flat on their face. I mean, I think in the first half, they only had uh, something like they had 76 total yards, two first downs. They went three and out on every single possession except for one. And the one where they didn't go three and out, Teddy Bridgewater threw about the ugliest interception you'll ever see. Uh, They just looked totally inept in the first half. And I don't know what happened halftime because they did look a little bit better, but that was national television audience got to see that the Broncos are frauds, that they were only good because they beat three bad teams to start the season. And then now they are playing a team with, if they play a team with any iota of talent, they are going to lose. Yeah. So the three so teams, what, what happens when they play Washington next week? <laughs> that's a tie. So the three teams they beat to start the season, giants, Jags, jets, the te- those teams are combined three and 14. Yep. The teams they lost to prior to, to Thursday night, Ravens, the Steelers, who are another doo-doo team and Vegas, those teams are combined 12 and six and uh, Cleveland's a much better football team, even with half the roster hurt. So I, I just at no point was worried about this. I thought case Keenum case Keenum was probably 80% of uh, an injured Baker Mayfield. He was fine. I thought he was an upgrade over an injured Baker Mayfield. Maybe. I mean that there's, you know, there's the uh, conversation. He was good. Okay, fine. But my point is that he, he wasn't a down, he, he wasn't hurting the offense. No, um, he was I think I I would say that Baker dodged a Friday morning Cleveland sports radio conversation about who should start in week eight if Baker's healthy. But I also think the Browns will definitely at least think about starting Case Keenum and letting Baker get healthy. Well, there's a report. I think Associated Press was the first report. Jay Glazer. Jay Glazer has a broken bone in his shoulder. Is that what the report was, Breach? Uh, yep. Fractured his bone above the humerus bone, which I think is technically called the tuberosity. Yeah. The humerus bone is in your, your upper arm. It holds your biceps and your triceps together. Right. And that happened when he banged up his shoulder and re-aggravated that torn labrum. So it is, yeah, technically I guess a tuberosity fracture. So yeah, he, he may not play next week when they face the mighty Steelers. So if you're Pittsburgh, I think you probably were the face of banged up Baker Mayfield in the case Keenum because and I don't know what the status is going to be for the running backs, and we can talk about that later. But it, it, the, the the Browns are going to be fine. I think they're four and three now. Um, they're in the mix. 
I don't know if you're worried as a Bengals fan, Breach. You're probably just focused on being 4-T right now, but I, I'm not concerned about the Bengals, excuse me, the Browns' long-term chances to make the playoffs. The, uh, mean, the Brown, well, the Browns' three losses are the crazy shootout with the Chargers. A uh, the, Getting mauled by the Cardinals. Getting mauled by the Cardinals, bad game, and, and then week one, week one, well, week one where they they had the Chiefs in a vice, you know, in a vice grip, and then and gave it up. So and and the punter, the punter said, "You know what, Kansas City, you can have breach, the game." Breach, breach, we get it. You're a Bengals fan. You want the Browns to be bad. What are you talking about? To- I'm illustrating to people what happened. The Browns had the game one until their punter dropped the snap, and then got off, and then Kansas City scored a touchdown and won the game. So, so the, Browns, they- the Browns could very easily be six and one right now. Yeah, yeah. That's my point. I, I, you don't. You don't want to be four and three because you'd rather be six and one or five and two, but the Browns are in fine shape if they can get everybody back and healthy. That's the concern. The the good news for them with all these injuries is that most of them, although Jarvis Landry and Odo Beckham re injured, suffered uh, aggravations to their injuries tonight on various catches, uh, those guys look like there's a, it's a good chance that they might miss additional time. It's hard to say right after the game, but certainly not a good look for them. I I mean, I I don't know. I thought, um, Credit to Kevin Stefanski and his coaching staff and Andrew Barry in that front office for having the depth available to roll out there and beat up on the Broncos with everybody missing and for the game plan. I mean, they came out and put the Broncos on their heels. If they came out tentative and came out and played poorly, Denver could have kind of flipped the script on them and, and they didn't do that. Denver was I, I never. The, yeah. The they were team. not flipping the script. Denver is a terrible football team. I, I, I mean, credit to Stefanski. I mean, I mean, again, it was a 17-14 game. The Broncos it was never close. the game. It was never close. Let, let's just go through. I mean, you keep talking about time possession. We, 30, we talked about this before the podcast. It was 10 to 7 on the Broncos. Time of possession, 36-51 to 23-09. I mean, yes, I, everyone agrees the Browns. Final yards, 223 to 376. So I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I, I don't I don't understand why. I mean, everyone just, agrees the Browns were a much better team tonight, but that's how football works. It was a three-point game at the end of the game, and it was a three-point game early in the third quarter. I know how math works, but I, I saw the players on the field, and the Broncos are terrible. Well, okay, that's fine. So does that mean the Browns are terrible you're, you're, for, for you're, only you're, beating this team by three points? The suggestion from Wilson is that the Broncos couldn't have never won this game, and that's false. 100%. How many times they lead? But, Thank but you. They were trailing by three early in the third quarter. They could have won the game. I, what do you, what you do can't you win if you don't score more points than the team. That's simple math. This is, this is the this bizarre turn, heel turn. Wilson's like <clears throat> end of the year. Against the something. spread, Brinson. Guy gets now the-, the spread. He just turns into a maniac. <laughs> Love it. Well, look, here's the thing. When it goes away, I go away. So I'm going to well, ride here's, it. Here's the other thing. Wilson keeps saying, here's the thing is that, you know, I, <laughs> Kevin Stefanski did exactly what I thought he was going to do. And I can't believe the Broncos look, they weren't letting case Keenum throw down field. Whatever he did, it was a disaster. He either got pressured and thrown in completion or missed his receiver. Uh, they weren't completing passes downfield. They, they came out in the first drive on that touchdown drive and threw short little screen passes, how the Broncos just kept falling for those screens is just, uh, epitomizes how bad this Broncos defense is because Case Keenum wasn't going to beat you. All you had to do was stop the Browns run and don't put, put 11 in the box and just dare them to go up top. Right. By the and, way, don't, and don't get beat by screen passes. And you let the Browns third string running back come out and rush for 146 yards. Couldn't even be the fourth string if you want Demetrik Felton to be in the mix. But yeah, exactly. And here, just so you guys are clear and hover your finger on your self dunk button, Brinson, I'm looking at the win probability when it was ten to seven, the closest that the Brown the Bron- the Broncos got sixty four percent. The Br- the the Browns had sixty four percent chance to win when it was ten to seven. So uh, I mean that's the closest they got. Okay. So well, I mean it should be much closer than that. It well, should be- you made it sound like zero percent. Yeah. You dunked on yourself, fool. Oh my God, I'm I'm talking. Oh, Definition of gaslighting. <laughs> yes, that, that was. <laughs> I would say, look. Brinson's point is, if the Browns dominated so much, why weren't they able to put it away? And Wilson's point is, they didn't have to put it away because I never thought they were going to lose because the Broncos didn't play well enough to win. Like because the Browns were just a better team. Like they Thank both you, make sense. The Broncos. The Broncos got the ball to start the third quarter, trailing ten nothing, and they, had done nothing they, all game. They had nothing all game. It was over. They go thirteen first plays in the first half. Correct. Thirteen plays, seventy nine yards touchdown if the broncos defense 
Which, by the way, the Broncos' defense is supposed to be good. They were they were fourth in points allowed coming to this game. I didn't. I'm not saying I thought they were good, but Vic Fangio is a defensive coach. They have Von Miller. They have a they have a they drafted Patrick Sertan. They have a ton of players. They are supposed to be good. Cleveland Cleveland is missing its top two running backs. It's top right. It's right tackle, and it has two key wide receivers really banged up. If you if you are Vic Fangio, you have to find a way after that touchdown score to make it 10-7, to not allow the Browns to go 13 plays, 80 yards, and 7 minutes and 21 seconds to score a touchdown. And they didn't do it. That's humiliating. They got, they, like, I, I mean, but a stop there, which in theory is is possible because you have, you know, human beings operating on the field against backups, a stop there, and the Broncos get the ball with a chance and, and, to take the lead. And not just the stop. We're talking about, this was a drive where, it took a Case Keenum miracle scramble on fourth and three. Otherwise, the Broncos get the ball trailing 10 to seven. I mean, the fact that Case Keenum got that first down on a scramble, who did, who did he juke out of their pants? I don't even remember. Uh, Stur- Justice Sternad, I believe. Yeah, oh, he, oh. he had a Broncos defender one-on-one. This is a fourth and three play from the Broncos six-yard line. Instead of kicking the field goal, uh, Stefanski decided to go for it. And it, it, nobody was open. Case Keenum is about 10 yards away from the first down because he, he's, you know, dropping back to pass. Season opening has one guy to beat. This is Case Keenum. He is the slowest man on earth. Uh, there is no reason he should have gotten this first down. He plows through the defender and gets the first down by about six inches. I, th- I think, I think, or look, maybe Wilson, maybe I'm, maybe I'm saying it wrong or you're missing, you're misinterpreting it. I'm not saying that the Browns didn't dominate. The Browns dominated this game. That's all I'm saying. What was the chat from uh, somebody who said this is the most dominant lopsided three point win I've ever seen? That's my whole point. It's it like this type of game profiles as you should win by double digits. And there was a moment there where the Broncos could have taken control of the game and could have won the game. Now, obviously, the Browns won, (laughs) but it was a three point win. They scored seven, it was 17 to 14. New Wilson order. Well, and I thought that fourth down play was the play of the game because I was I was like, wow, if the Broncos open the second half with a touchdown, then get a fourth down stop, yes. this game might turn around. But let me then, ask you this, Breach. If Kevin Stefanski's worried about the Broncos, he 100% kicks a field goal there. No. And, no, he's like, thinking what? if I get a touchdown, no. the game's over because the, the Broncos offense can't score points. No. He, he's Wait, thinking, you think he just wasn't worried up 10-7? No, he wasn't. Why would he go for it? He would just kick the field goal. He's analytical base, and it was an obvious go for it spot. Well, you're you're exactly because wrong they were there averaging because... 11 yards per play in the first half. Hold on, hold on, breach. Stop, breach. You're 100 percent wrong. Check our buddy Ben Baldwin, and then you can dunk on yourself. You're you're going to hurt yourself all the dunks. Ben Baldwin's bot has been wrong a billion times in the last two weeks. What are you talking about? All right, Ben Baldwin's an economist. What's the math that you did to do the do the math on that? Wait, just so you can't just blindly follow some like Ben Baldwin's model. What what, what, what did it say? What did it say? What was the? Let me pull it up. Give me a second. I, I like the move to be aggressive and go for it on the fourth down spot there. It was a it was a two percent difference according to the Ben Ball. There you go. Seventy seven percent attempt, seventy seven going right. for it is seventy five. There you go. Oh, okay. Wow. What a what a slam dunk obvious difference that was. No, you just said it was clear that the analytics said go for it. Those are the words that came out of your mouth. So you're just I'm, I'm correcting Ben Baldwin's teat here and his and his freaking model. Like it's guaranteed to be right about everything. No, this is just a guy that I know whose background is math and talking to someone who's been watching a baseball game. That's well, all. I mean, well, there's somebody who's an NFL head coach who got the job by being good at analytics who went for it. And, and you're my, suggesting your suggestion is that he went for it because quote he wasn't worried about the Broncos. That's an asinine statement he just didn't care about the broncos they pose no threat down three so why not just go for it you sound, the win. whatever wilson go for it what are you, you talking sound like, about you sound like someone who's two and 13 against the spread last no, you're, just, you're being you're like, i was waiting for that <laughs> i mean yeah you're 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 being a troll right now this is unbelievable he has no answer for that it's so it's so great i love it all right so breach why did kevin stefanski go for it on that fourth down he went for it because he's thinking, look, if we fail, this Broncos offense has had one good possession this entire game. If we fail, they take over at their own six-yard line. Teddy probably throws a pick six, or we safety him. They have to go 94 yards. I don't think they can go 94 yards. But, again, if they had failed, the Browns don't get any points. It's a 10-7 game. Maybe uh, Teddy gets them down in field goal range, and 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 now it's tied. So, I a lot, think a lot of maybes there, Breach. A lot of maybes. I don't well, even know why I'm worked up about this. Wilson is just, Wilson is being a troll, 
He's sitting on top of the pick standings and he's trolling. This is his quintessential Wilson. Well, well, Wilson, why did you tell us why? He, why did he go for it then? You asked me or did you ask uh, Brinson? I'm asking you, since the bot told him not to. Oh well, he may. According to Brinson, he listens to a different bot. So well, no, may, I'm I'm asking you why that he went something for it. To do with it. I'm asking you why he went because I don't think he cared. Because if he, if he if he didn't get it, then what's going to happen? There, there's going to be a three and out, as you just pointed to. I agree with everything you said about yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I the, said. So why did you why did you mock what I said? Because he's going for it because he doesn't care. Because he's like, I'm not worried about this team. If I don't get it, big deal. That that's just not a valid argument for why NFL head coach. Only the Browns would have won by two touchdowns. Your, so your argument is, who cares? Big deal. If I get it, who like that's no, not that's a valid not. argument. I, I mean, well, whatever. Who cares? This is a stupid. Well, argument. That's, that's, thank you, Anthony. I mean, clearly, you're living in a in a in a bubble. This is a stu- this is a stupid argument. We're gonna get so many <laughs> tweets about this podcast being terrible. Whatever. This is what happens when we've been on this freaking live stream for an hour. No more already. live streams. No, I just oh, think mighty. Prince is just angry about the Braves. He's angry about the other stuff that we can't talk about anymore because he gets triggered about that. <laughs> well, the two, two, it's two and twelve, first of all. Two and thirteen. Your last fifteen. You're two and thirteen. Reggie Miller also sucks. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I can't believe I got breached by Wilson on the first half of this podcast. Breached. Just flip, like put me in a corner where I'm arguing about something that I'm not even really sure I believe, but it's, I mean, look, the final score was 17, 14. The game was close. I don't know what to tell you. They didn't cover a three and a half point spread. That means the game was close. Classic married couple. That is true. Anthony, uh, that's a good comment because these guys have been together for 10 years. That's what happened. You start arguing way longer than things. that. Breach. Way 11, longer. 12, 13, 14. It's been forever. 2007, I think. It's like 15 or 14 or 15. You know what's funny, though, is that in the second half, look, the score. Oh, by the way, sorry to interrupt you. Yesterday, for real, how many years do you think I've been married? Yesterday was my anniversary. If you had to guess, look at my handsome face. It was. Sorry. Is it 20? Was it 20? 20. Can you believe that? I got it. Awesome. I was Tell your wife I knew what it was. You you know, it's it's actually a sad why I remember because I remember your anniversary is my mom's birthday. And then, but like, is it, wait, what are our birthdays one day apart? Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, yeah. about that. Very it's like weird. several like weird little. Yeah. Well, I think you... I remember you told us a story where your honeymoon flight was like empty because it was like a month after 9-11. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Flew to Paris. Debo, and, Debo and true. Forced, Debo forced to break on us. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get, Debo. Got more <laughs> uh, right, what do you, you want to. Uh... Go ahead, Breach. You were saying I interrupted you. Oh, all this. I was going to say was that, you know, for as bad as the Broncos offense has been the whole game and really the whole season and the talk was, Hey, if the Broncos are going to be in this game, it's going to be because their defense plays well and, and their offense just does anything. And the second half, the offense came through with clutch drives when they needed it. You know, they were down 10, nothing, boom, they made it 10, seven. So all you need is a defensive stop. Vic Fangio is a defensive coach. You can't get it. And then now you're down 17, seven, you need a touchdown. Teddy did that at the end of the game with five minutes left. They get another touchdown. It's 17, 14 again. Now what do you need? A defensive stop. Vic Fangio is a defensive coach. You don't get it. So, you know, if I'm the Broncos front office, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried that my defensive coach is uh, falling apart. 
Uh, no, I agree absolutely. This is a indictment of Vic Fangio, even with all the injuries at linebacker position. Von Miller has to leave. Um, yeah, th- look, the Broncos have been beat up by by injuries. We get it, but that this game, I mean, th- the third come down to the final play of the game or the final non Neil play of the game, where the Broncos give up a first down that the, the Browns are about to take knees. There's an illegal motion call. Goes back to third and seven. Mm-hmm. You, everyone on the planet with any eyeballs or ear holes listening, watching or listening to that game. And blind and deaf people too. I'm trying to be inclusive. Anyone who was watching the game, even if you don't know anything about football, you know, the Browns are running on that play. And Vic Fangio's defense gives up seven yards. And it was like that all night. I mean, kudos to Kevin Stefanski and the offensive uh, coaching staff for drawing up good plays and, and kudos to the offensive line for blocking their tails off and Dearness Johnson ran his, ran his face off. But like, dude, that is that was an embarrassing performance by the Broncos to give up 4.6 yards per play uh, total. They gave up 5.5 rushing yards per play. And that number was a lot. Both those numbers were a lot higher until Cleveland was trying to close out the game and you know had a few shorter runs. I mean, look, I get it that Cleveland was a much better team tonight. The score was close. The, but the big takeaway is that Denver's defense is not good. And if you hire Vic Fangio, you expect your defense to be good. And if your offense sucks, which it does, and if your defense sucks, you got a defensive coach, you have a big problem on your hands. So I just saw this. This is awesome. And we haven't talked enough about uh, Dearness Johnson going crazy. But Courtney Kramer, who looks like she um, – does social media for the Dallas stars. And she just happened to save the screenshot. She tweeted out. This was her favorite story about Dearness. He DM'd every AAF team in 2018, asking for a tryout. Uh, and here's the actual uh, DM he sent on Instagram. He goes, hi, my name is Dearness Johnson. I'm the former running back at the university of South Florida. After finishing college at USF, I attended a training camp with the saints where I've since been a free agent. I'm very interested in becoming a part of the Alliance league and would love the chance to send in my highlight videos for you all view. Thank you. Exclamation point. So good for Dearness for hustling. Good for him for not throw up his hands and saying, you know, this is unfair and it stinks. And then certainly making the most of the opportunity. Um, now that, you know, two of the best running backs on the planet are hurt. You wouldn't have known it. If you just, you know, landed from Mars and watched this Browns game, you go, Oh, that must be Chubb and or hunt running behind uh, that offensive line. But it was Jarvis Johnson. Cool. He, he looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean bottom line, he was great. I, he won I, them the game. I mean, he, he won absolutely. them the game. He took all the pressure off case Keenum and he's out there averaging six something yards a carry. And that's exactly what they need. And the crazy thing is once Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunter back, he goes back to the bench. And now you have like this super weapon sitting back there as your third string running back. So, I mean, the Browns are loaded at running back. It's insane. So let me ask you this. If you're a team in dire need of a running back, are you calling the Browns about Dearness Johnson now? Because the trade deadlines win November 2nd now. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that the Browns are answering your call, though. I mean, they're answering and then they're politely declining and hanging up. They're like, well, Nick and uh, Kareem aren't completely healthy, so we're going to play it safe and hold on. I mean, Kareem's on IR, so he's going to be missing a few games. Right, so I think you need at least – I mean, Darren Johnson's your second guy behind Chubb when Chubb comes back for at least the next three games, maybe four games, depending on how long Hunt's out. So the the four games for the Browns coming up, at they're four and three. They have the Steelers at home on Halloween. The Bengals – on the road the following week, the Patriots on the road the week after that, and the Lions at home the week after that. They then have, oh, yeah, that's right. Then they have the Ravens, a bye, and then the Ravens. That's weird. Yeah, super weird. But if I'm if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I, I think I treat this season as, okay, we are four and three. We have one bad loss, two tough losses, to good, and all three of those losses are to good teams. We found a way to win on Thursday night with everyone hurt. Let's try and go three. Let's find a way to go three and one over these next four games. And that's, that's doable. I feel like, right? Uh, yes. They got to get guys healthy. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You need, you need uh, Jack Conklin back. You need Nick Chubb back because the team that played tonight, I'm not sure that team can beat the Steelers. Like I know Wilson's making that face, but as constructed, like on paper, assuming the Browns have their, guys who are injured assuming those guys are back then 
they beat the Steelers. But the team that was on the field tonight, I do not think could beat the Steelers. Are you including Baker or are you fine with Case? I'm not including Baker. Okay. I, I, I think Case. No, Keenum's. no, I'm saying if Keenum's out there starting with your, you have your third string running back, you have your, your, you know, third tackle in there. Uh, with, with that kind of, and Jarvis Landry, we don't know what his injury is. We don't know Odell. You know, we don't know who he's throwing to Case Keenum or Baker Mayfield, whoever's quarterback. We don't even know who they're throwing to. Uh, so, you know, you just got to make sure, but they have 10 days. They have 10 days to get everyone healed before they have to go to Pittsburgh. So I do think they'll be okay. Can, um, I, I don't know if we have any like smart people in the chat. I mean, I'm, not, I'm clearly not. They're listening to us. That's a fair point. <laughs> uh, if somebody, does anybody know how to create a bot? Cause if we had like a bot that would pipe into our YouTube chat and be like breach bot, like it was an actual breach bot. Brown every, bot. Time breach, every time breach talks about bad about someone else in the AFC North. Oh, gosh. I mean, I just don't know you think you think Case Keenum and Dearest Johnson are gonna beat the Steelers? Yes. <laughs> at, at home, I think it'll be close. I, it'll be in Cleveland again. Like you talk about how boring this game was and how quote unquote close it was. The Seahawks should have beaten the Steelers with Geno Smith. So no Chris Carson. They had Alex Collins until he got hurt in the fourth quarter. And that was in Pittsburgh. I don't know why you guys think the Steelers are gonna be. At all, going to give the the Browns anything other no, than I, I think a healthy Browns team. The game, and I'm I don't want to relitigate. A healthy Browns team is better than the Steelers. Like there's no there's there's no debate about that. I'm just saying, with the health of the Browns right now, they are beatable against Pittsburgh. That's it for sure. But the, I mean, the Browns. I think the Browns could win at home against the Steelers and on the road against the Bengals. Oh boy, here we go. Go even, ahead. Even even banged up. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm, you know, in their current state, they're probably not favored in Cincinnati, but they can find a way to win. I mean, you look at their their next five games until the bye. They could go five and zero. Oh. I could see them going five and zero. Oh. I could see them going two and three. Like that's not implausible. You playing the Steelers, the Bengals, the Patriots, the Ravens. His face. Yeah. All right, let's get to a chat about the Broncos, and we mentioned it previously with Vic Fangio. So the Broncos are now three and four. They started three and zero, and they beat the three worst teams. A great question for our buddy Lucas, who will get a hat at some point before Christmas, maybe. Um, <laughs> the which coach is fired first, Matt Nagy or Vic Fangio? And this is a very valid question because the Broncos are actually they have the Washington Football Team at home on Halloween next week. Then they're at the Cowboys the week after that. Yikes. Eagles at home the week after that. And then they have their buy. Again, this is a team that started three and zero, got people excited. They beat up on bad teams. They look a lot like the Carolina Panthers, except in the AFC. They have lost four straight games. They were humiliated in prime time defensively with a defensive head coach by a backup quarterback, a third string running back, and some backup offensive linemen and a bunch of hurt wide receivers. Like that was. Again, chat's been yelling at me. Wilson's been yelling at me. They got humiliated. Is Vic does Vic Fangio, if they lose their next three games, does he make it through the bye? I think the bigger humiliation came last week when they lost to a team that, when the first coach of the year did get fired, and John Gruden. Yeah, that was like a hype up emotional thing. I think resigned. He resigned. resigned. That was embarrassing. They didn't even show up. Important. It wasn't seventeen to fourteen. It was whatever the score was. It was a. It was never even in question. It was a bloodbath. So I think back to back together, the you know, there's sort of cumulative. If you're Vic Fangio, he could go one and two very easily. I feel like over the next three games, I think he has to go two and one to sort of quell any. I don't know what his relationship with George Payton, the, the new general manager, but if he goes one and two or zero oh and three, that's that's a real problem. And you know, there could be some issues over the break. Well, let's, all right, so if we're talking about first coach fired or next coach fired, I guess. I don't think Matt Nagy's getting fired for some reason. The Lions are three. I mean, excuse me, the Bears are three and three. They don't look good. Fields is not. I, I would, if I were taking Nagy versus Fangio, I would definitely take, in terms of if I'm picking who gets fired, I'm taking Fangio over Nagy as more likely to be fired because for a couple of reasons. One, um, you know, the three and oh to three and four and potentially three and seven or three and six start or whatever it is, 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 is the way it just looks is so, so bad. Two, your defense is supposed to be good and it's terrible. Three, you have Pat Shermer, who is a former head coach, a two time head coach, actually, 
uh, on staff that could take over if you needed to do that. And four, as Wilson points out, new general manager. Nagy with Justin Fields in there, even as questionable as he's looked, I think I would be surprised if he got fired. The Dolphins are in the mix. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, well, there, there are six teams that have one win or less. You know, obviously the say, Lions are and six. Four of them have a first year coach. So you're not getting fired in your first year. Uh, well, Urban, the, Urban is the. Urban has to be in the discussion, I think, but yeah, I, I don't think he gets fired. And then the other two are Joe Judge and Brian Flores. I think Joe Judge is at the top of the list over Nagy and and Fangio. Mm. Well, I mean, those other two te- those other two teams have three wins, and True. the Giants are a are a meteor aim headed right for the sun. Uh, uh, o plus asked in chat, what about Dan Campbell? I, Dan Campbell is going to get the whole year. I feel like, yeah, and maybe I even just, two years. The, the Lions. Uh, Rick Spielman, and then what's the guy? The guy I hate Bob Wood or whatever in the front office. They all Rod Wood. is it Bob Wood? Rod, Rod Wood. Rod, Rod yeah. Wood. Yeah, my guy Rod Wood. Look, you could have Belichick, Nick Saban, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, all coaches team on the on the coaching staff at the same time, and they're still going to win just as many games as Dan Campbell. Yeah, um, I, I, Dan Campbell's going to get the whole year. They will not. They will. They know they're rebuilding. They won't fire him midseason. I don't believe. Um, Victor says my guess is still Urban Meyer. If, I I think that's. Urban's definitely, I mean, but but Urban is not in the cards if, <laughs> if nothing weird happens. Like, I was going to say, I don't think Urban gets fired. He's not getting fired this year unless another video comes out or text or something. Yeah, it has and to be something non-football related for Urban to get fired, because I think. You ha- if you're the Jack, if you're Shad Khan, if you're Jacksonville's owner, you're thinking, you know, like Urban Meyer wasn't here for most of that 20 game losing streak. And that's a, that whole losing streak is a bad look for Jacksonville. And for Urban Meyer to be the coach who broke it is going to reflect good on him. So I, there's no way he's getting fired this season unless something more embarrassing. Wait a comes second. Out. Wait a second. So you would say that Urban Meyer's experience thus far this season has been more positive than negative? No, just that he's not going to get fired this year. I don't think he's going to get fired. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but you're talking about him breaking the 20 game losing streak. It, it he reflects. was not there for all 20 games. It's not like he lost all 20 games. He walked into a 15 game losing streak. And well, what about all the things that JLC's been reporting since the summer that it's dysfunctional, that he doesn't know how to game plan for the week, that everything's a, a doo doo show? I mean, that's that's a problem. I would imagine Chad Khan knows about this. Since well, he, he, exactly. And then the one thing I said last week was if he went to 0 6, then I wouldn't have been surprised. But now that he's got that one win under his belt, I would be shocked. <laughs> I, I, you scoff, Ryan, but I think winning cures everything. I mean, Shad Khan is deeply embarrassed by how terrible his football team for, has been for the entire tenure, except for 2017 of his ownership. He doesn't want to fire Urban Meyer after he gave him the keys to the kingdom and let him completely redefine the roster and run football operations by himself, essentially. After- well, this is the same Shad Khan who had to release a statement after the dance video came out saying well, this is a huge right, embarrassment. Again, like if, if something else happens with Urban off the field, or more stuff comes out about anything else that has happened, that's a different story. Can you imagine having to, to write this stuff about a 57-year-old grown man who has grandkids? Like, if you do this one more time, then you're really going to be in trouble. That's literally what Urban says to his grandkids. Um, right, exactly. To, to reach his point, I think I think the Jaguars are the only first-year head coach who might fire their coach. And it would or more likely, maybe he just quits, because it feels like he may, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I don't think he'd do that. Again, Likely as people think, I think he gets through the season and then they'll read, they'll, they'll try to figure things out. Um, Can I enter the chat and enter a name? Nick Sirianni. It's not going to happen. That's wish casting. Depot is out six games, six games in. I don't, they can't. Is Nick Sirianni the Dwight Howard of coaches? (laughs) Depot. Depot, would you rather have Nick Sirianni or Zach Taylor? Zach, Zach, attack oh, all day. Zach, attack. Zach Taylor, you know you're closer to being able to fire him because he's been there long <laughs> enough. You know, it's yeah, funny. If you even go up to two wins, there's some interesting coaches on that list, like Frank Wright, Kyle Shanahan, Bill Belichick. Like guys Frank, are Frank, not. Frank, wait, Frank, stop with Frank Wright. He said Bill Belichick. No, I'm saying too. those. No, no, <laughs> these are not. He said Bill Belichick. <laughs> no, I'm not saying these guys are getting fired at all. I'm saying when you look at the list of coaches who could be on the hot seat with two wins or less, these are guys who are not. So you're talking uh-huh. about, oh. yes, I, I named Frank you Wright, to, you Kyle Shanahan, and Bell Belichick as guys who are on the hot seat. You guys got me. All right, so who are the uh, names you were thinking about with two wins? No, I'm, so I'm going to name the rest of the list. Uh-huh. Go uh, ahead. But you guys have to interrupt because you have no idea what I'm talking about, apparently. 
And so you have Arthur Smith, boom, first year coach. He's not going anywhere. Uh, Sirianni, first year coach, this is not going anywhere. Like, there's only like four teams with two and four wins. That's just great. He's trying, to, he's trying to talk himself out of a ticket. He was going 110 miles not an hour. Pete Carroll, not going anywhere. And so now you're left with Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera's not going anywhere. You don't Go think on. so? No. Well, I was just going to say, of, of the teams. Snyder's not even in charge of the franchise right now. Ron Rivera, Ron, Rivera is, is, Ron Rivera is Urban Meyer with more power right now. Go ahead. Of, of the teams with two wins or less, he would seem like in the most precarious situation. No, no chance. Wholeheartedly disagree. And, and the other one is is Kyle Shanahan. So you went 0 for 5 or 0 for 6. I mean, you just named Ron Rivera, Bill Belichick. No, I Pete didn't Carroll, name them. I said those Kyle guys aren't Shanahan, in trouble. Frank Reich. <laughs> and then Frank Reich. I did the process of elimination to say who's not in trouble and got to. Okay, guys, out of the teams that have two wins or less, who's on the hot seat? Uh, I mean, that. Ryan's here trying to say that Urban Meyer's going to get fired. Well, this wasn't the topic that either of us brought up. You just decided to broach it and then listed. <laughs> no, you guys were talking about guys who in the hot seat. You're talking about the run their organizations. All right, Brinson. Oh, plus Brinson, is on here, my side. Brinson, I get to host here, the podcast. Brinson, here are the teams that are five and one. Tell me which of these coaches get fired. Matt LaFleur, <laughs> Mike McCarthy, <laughs> Bruce Arians. John Harbaugh. Uh, look, Breach, Mike I'll McCarthy. give you I'll give you a lot of credit. <laughs> That's the right you answer. Named, you named Bill Belichick and Frank Reich. And then we we're like, excuse me? And you're like, no, no, and now I'm gonna name the other guys. <laughs> yeah, I was Shanahan. going down the, the list. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look, I was naming the two win coaches of people who are not in trouble and getting to the coach all right. the only coach I think would be in trouble. Britson. Oh uh-huh. you should have screenshot that with D right there. Actually, I do think there is a case to be made that if you're going to pick someone from the two win team, who's going to get fired that Frank Reich, if, if the Colts went completely off the rails, but Carson Wentz is playing well enough. Oh, so now Frank Reich's getting fired. No, if I said, if the Colts went I can't off the rails, you think Frank Reich's getting fired. Frank Reich talked Chris Ballard by all accounts into trading for Carson Wentz. I'm tweeting this out. Well, that would be a lie that you would be tweeting. So <laughs> I'm just giving you a taste. Cal Shanahan is not going anywhere. He and, he and Jed York are boys. He's not going anywhere. Pete Carroll basically runs the Seahawks, and they have a weird ownership situation, not going anywhere. Frank Reich, Carson Wentz would need to really tank the entire season for Frank Reich to take the blame and get fired. Chris Ballard is a patient guy. He's not firing him. You, you actually said Bill Belichick's name, which is kind of incredible. Um yeah, because I was listing the teams with two wins, and he has two wins. But you led with, all right, these coaches could get fired on two-win teams, and then you went on to read the names. You're like, Arthur Smith, no chance. Bill Belichick, though. <laughs> By the way, so last week someone asked who's who's the most correct on this podcast. And here's the thing. Breach probably has a higher batting average than me, but he says stupid things like two or three coaches like Bill Belichick getting fired. He's saying trade a third-round pick for Gardner Minshew type But of that's stuff. not what I said at all. And anybody listening to the podcast will understand that. Uh, okay. Breach is like uh, literally not what Adam I said. Don or Joey Gallo. It's a three true outcome situation. <laughs> I listed the two win coaches in the process of elimination to get to the one who I thought <laughs> had the best chance of being fired. And you guys didn't even answer my question about who you thought it would be, except Brenton did Frank Reich and Wilson backed out. You'd be a good lawyer, Breach. Uh, Clarence, you wants to know if Belichick is fired, how many teams would fire their current coach to hire? I think he means hire Bill Belichick. Ooh, that's a good way to turn this around, Clarence. What's a brilliant question. Um, would the Steelers fire Mike Tomlin to hire no, Belichick? No, they wouldn't. Right. Doug we- Doug Whaley, who was a former front office guy for Pittsburgh and then later Buffalo, actually was on the radio show and he said he was just speculating. But he said may- he said it makes a ton of sense for Tomlin to take the USC or LSU jobs because he would be basically God there, or whatever. What? And there's no way he's not doing. What, Ed is, Bush- he, what is he talking about? Doug Whaley? What are you? Doug Whaley? He's just, he just speculating. But D- Ed Bouchard, who's been a long time beat reporter for the Steelers, said what we say a lot of times when we're talking about these NFL coaches. No one wants to do the recruiting because you don't no. want to go have to babysit a bunch of 18 year olds and tell them a bunch of stuff and then have them go somewhere else. And it's a lot, it's a huge headache. It's the same guy who drafted EJ Mando in the first round. What is he talking about? Yeah, that, was, that wasn't great. That's not on the top of the resume. But there's just no way Mike Tomlin's leaving Pittsburgh after two Super Bowl, uh, well, I guess one Super Bowl one, right? One and two appearances. Yep. One, two appearances created with Bill Cowher's players, but who's, keep, who's, who's keeping track? Uh, never as of now, finishing with a season below 500. <laughs> probably a hall of fame resume when it's all said yeah. and done. Yeah. Right. I mean, he started when he was 36 or 37 or whatever. No, and 34. He's, he's not chasing kids around Southern California. What is Doug Whaley talking about? That's nah, he's, it's a, he's on radio and you know, we say some ah, stupid that, things. Yeah. I'm not, that's not, Mike but uh, it is interesting Clarence's question because there was, um, I don't have it in front of me. I have. I, all right. So uh, AFC North, the Bengals are doing a heartbeat. 
I mean, I don't think the Browns could but wait, do it. Before you go on, let, let me ask you this. I actually, I'm curious what, what Breach would think about this. I'm not even joking. But someone tweeted, someone who, I can't find it, but someone tweeted out, they did a study about how conservative Bill Belichick has been on fourth downs, and he's actually more conservative than many, a lot of the coaches now. Like 15 years ago, he was sort of cutting the edge, and now he's replacement level or below in terms of going forward on fourth down or whatever the analytics say. So he, he's been extremely conservative this year, maybe because of Mac Jones, maybe for other reasons. So knowing that breach, are you still comfortable taking a more conservative Bill Belichick when guys like Stefanski and even Zach Taylor and some, you know, they're, they're going for the fourth down and doing all the things that the, the nerds tell them to do. Are you asking me if I'd rather have Bill Belichick or Zach Taylor? Just on, on game day, not the personnel decisions, just for 60 minutes every Sunday. Well, I mean, is he coming up with a defensive game plan during the week? Did, yeah, did yeah. He just pause on you'd rather have Zach Taylor over Bill Belichick. You no, know, he was getting he was getting no, clarification. I'm, yes, thank you. I'm getting clarity. Princeton trying to turn this around again. I have Belichick in a second. Yeah, he's not the general manager. He's just strictly the coach. Is all I'm saying. All right, here's here's the I counted. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out an approximate number because I think there's certain factors that play into this because we're talking about right now. I counted 20 teams who would. Without no, don't think, don't blink, fire your head coach and hire Bill Belichick. The teams I left off are the Patriots. And, <laughs> oh, actually, so now again, caveats apply here. The Arizona All Cardinals right. are six and zero. Oh. Let me and Breach guess the players, the teams that will keep their coaches. Okay. All right, Breach, you start. We'll start in the AFC. Breach, you pick your first team. I'll go next. Uh, the Ravens. Correct. Uh, John McDermott, Bills. Correct. Wait, how many do we have in the AFC? Um, or we we'll just have, keep guessing? Yeah, we'll name them. Go ahead. I have uh, the, three the, AFC teams, two and a half AFC teams. So the what? Ravens, we have, we oh, have no, the sorry, Ravens. Sorry, three and a half AFC. We have okay. the Ravens and the Bills? Ravens and Bills, yep. The Chiefs. Yep. Oh, I... Sorry, four, four and a half. I messed it up. So it's, it's hard to do. I was going to say, Brandon Staley. Yeah, he was the half. The charge. Oh, I thought the Patriots were the half. <laughs> no, I didn't count the Patriots. I mean, okay. I mean, if the... If Bill Belichick was like, I quit the Patriots, I'm going to coach the Chargers. Do the Chargers say, sorry, Bill, we've got Brandon Staley? I don't think I do. I think I'm saying with Brandon Staley. <sighs> I think you have to take Bill Belichick. But we, listen, we yelled about, and I I wonder how glaring the... <laughs> you have to take Belichick. But again, if he is so conservative now that he's like not doing the things that we're accustomed to see people do, and we're just like, oh, that's Bill Belichick, and they're losing the football games, then you're like, hey. This feels like the, would you take Justin Herbert over Patrick Mahomes talk like two weeks ago. All right, but anyway, the Chargers, oh. I definitely paused on the Chargers. Well, uh, there's, there's, so we have the Chiefs, the Bills, correct. Ravens, um, Chargers. Uh, Ravens, that's the we named. And, and then the Chargers. But then there's one more team that we talked about before. So Steelers, I'm, yeah. Steelers. Steelers, yeah. I think those are the only teams where it's even in question. Yeah, I wonder, like, uh, maybe Vrabel or... I thought about Vrabel and Frank Reich where... Stefanski. What's that? Stefanski. Yeah, I just think... Well, no, we said there's no... They can't hire Bill Belichick because they fired him. The Browns did. Oh, I thought they just meant the Patriots. No, no, the Browns fired Bill Belichick previously. I understand that. So you can can never... I think he just wouldn't work there. So I think that's... Oh, I see. Okay. All right, so NFC. All right, go ahead, Breach. <laughs> right, let me. I'll, I'll tell you how many I have in the NFC. I have. Huh? It's like four and the whole four point seven five. Yeah. <laughs> four point. All right. I'll start with the Rams. What? That would not have been my first pick. They are in the. Wait, the Rams? Range. I mean, they're they're five oh, and one. All right, I'm sorry. I thought we were going the other way. I thought that the, the Rams would fire McVay for. You're saying the Rams? No, would no. Keep I'm McVay. saying the Rams would keep McVay. Okay, I, was, I, I think was, I think that the Rams would keep McVay. Hundred percent. As insane as that sounds, that's not insane. It's Bill I, Belichick. He's the greatest coach in the history of professional football. McVay okay, well, has one of the best records of any te- of any coach since he started. I, I put the Rams on the list. Sean Payton. St- Sean McVay is five and one. He's been to a Super Bowl where he lost to Bill Belichick. He traded for Matthew Stafford with the help of less need. They're they're five He's and never one. Never had a losing season. He's been in the playoffs in three. I three don't years. think they would make the swap right now. That's the layup. Well, he's sixty nine years old. So when are you going to make the swap? Yeah, sure. You're, <laughs> that's the thing. Is like, would you you wouldn't trade Justin Herbert for Aaron Rodgers? I would. It's the same sort of concept. You know what I mean? I would from the Packers. Is that what you mean? No, I'm saying for the Chargers. Oh right, yeah. You wouldn't okay, trade the young quarterback for the or, who else do you have? Wilson, John Payton, Saints. Uh, yeah, it's a layup. Uh, Pete Carroll, Seahawks. Oh, I. I kind of thought they might swap it. I don't think they swap it. I think that's like the ultimate. It's like the sign Peyton to get rid of Tebow move. 
Yeah, that's that's a toss up. I could go either way on that one. Uh, the, now, in reality, they oh, would God. not do it because Pete Carroll has won them a Super Bowl, and Paul Allen died, and the ownership is it's it's there's no way it would happen. No, we're, this is hypothetical. No, I'm I'm saying like, yeah, I I think every um, Seah- every Seahawks fan on the planet would prefer Bill Belichick to Pete Carroll. Mike McCarthy, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay. I don't think the Bucks would fire Bruce Arians for Bill Belichick. No, and and even if they way, would, Brady wouldn't play for him. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm having fun here, guys. <laughs> All right, you have one more breach. This is tough. I wonder. If it's... I, I have. I'll. I'll go with Lafleur. I was gonna say you go with your doppelganger. I. Got, I think I have to go with him. He's just. I mean, you can give the credit the to, to Aaron Rodgers, but. I mean, the bottom line is that the Packers have been unbeatable since he took over. And by the way, if Aaron Rodgers can't get along with anyone, how is he getting along with Bill Belichick? I mean, the, 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 the Packers are just doing it, uh, 31 and seven under Matt LaFleur. I mean, that's you can't, you can't fire him. Like, you can't. That's it. Young. Every other team, you're taking Bill Belichick. Uh, plus, like Aaron Rodgers leaving, you're gonna have Bill Belichick and Jordan Love. <laughs> well, c- congratulations, you're the Patriots now. So, were, were the uh, the Rams the point seven five? Uh, the Cardinals and 49ers combined to form a point seven five. I, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, I'm obviously preferring Bill Belichick to Cliff Kingsbury, but at six and zero, oh, and undefe- the only undefeated in this team in the, the NFL season, I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I don't know. The dude was at home last week, and they still won by fifty points. <laughs> Fair. I mean, but like, I, don't get me wrong. I think all Cardinals fans would prefer getting Belichick over Kingsbury. But and no, no one's arguing about Kyle Shanahan either, which is sort of interesting. Like, yeah, he's out. <laughs> no, I, I, I had Shanahan in the a toss up section. The NFC West is tough, and, and Kingsbury, even with the six and zero start, is nineteen, eighteen, and one in his career. And I don't think he gets credit for that last win because he wasn't there. So he's really eighteen, eighteen, and one. Like every single coach in the NFC East is a, a, is like doesn't even make it to Bill Belichick calling the owner saying, "Hey, I would like to take over." Like that guy's fired before the end of the sentence. The NFC West kind of tough. All right, we somehow stretch this into a ninety minute podcast. I can't believe this this Broncos Browns podcast turned into who's the, which coach is going to get fired. So Diva Diva's always he's like, you know what? Let's uh let's turn this into a little segment about hot seat. And all of a sudden, 45 minutes later, he's like, I can't clip this for you too. So stay um, on for the after show to talk about the uh, NBA Dwight Howard and the top 75. Are we doing overtime? We can we can skip OT tonight. We did some pregame. Does anybody want OT? Anybody have questions? Hurry up and ask him. Still, it's actually kind of early for one of these shows. Ooh. I have to HQ it. Wrap, wrap this podcast. Eight hours. All right. See you guys. Great show. Subscribe. Hit the like button. Hit the alarm button. Reach Wilson. I'm Brent. We'll see you guys later.